Hello, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. In today's episode, my guest, Shelby Betancourt, is going to talk all about her decision to close her successful salon and go back to becoming an independent stylist. Now, the thing that's really important and inspiring about this episode is that it really reinforces and illustrates the importance of listening to yourself and how a change in direction does not always mean a step back. So some of the things that Shelby learned during her tenure as a salon owner is that it's never too late to change your mind and that sometimes the skills that you're building in any given position are not because you're meant to be in that position forever, but more to set you up for your next step. We're going to talk about the power of self-awareness and intention, the difference between taking a step back and pivoting to the side, and we're learning how to view decisions as neutral, which allows you to think critically about where you put your energy. This was a truly inspiring conversation for me, and I think it's a really important lesson for anyone in the beauty industry, whether you are about to step into salon ownership, whether you have been craving becoming an educator, whether you are happy and loving your life as an independent stylist or a commissioned stylist, there are some valuable lessons that every beauty pro could learn from. So without further ado, let's get into it. You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here, we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. I am really excited for today's episode because I think it's a topic that we do not discuss enough in our industry, and that is what it looks like to pivot and you know take steps in different directions when you decide that maybe the path you chose isn't actually the right one for you after all. So welcome to the show. My guest today is Shelby Betancourt. She has been on the show before. We did an amazing episode about breathwork. If you haven't listened to it, I'm going to link it in the show notes. But welcome back, Shelby, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jody. I'm so excited for this conversation. Thank you so much for having me on this platform. And I hope that this conversation inspires some of you who are listening because no, I don't feel like anyone really talks about this. Nope. So um, let's get started to this. Yes. Okay. So I have so much that I want to say on this topic because I actually reached out to Shelby after I listened to the episode on her show about what we're going to talk about today. And I just found it such a refreshing and inspiring take. So enough of the cryptic hints and lead ups. Why don't you tell my listeners kind of what has been going on with you and the pivot that you've made recently in your business? Awesome. Okay. So here's the deal. I owned a salon in, I'm from Miami and I owned a salon for the past six years. And 
I struggled really hard with opening the salon. I recently relocated and opened my new space in January of 2023. And I decided that upon my lease renewal, that I was going to retire as a salon owner. And everyone thought it was crazy. Everyone was like, whoa, I can't believe it. You like put in so much work. You put in all of this money into this business. And my business was successful. My business was making money. But what I had realized, Shelby, being a human being, it's not what I wanted. And I felt like I was... I was on this path where I like, it was like, what's next? And what's next was opening a salon. Mm -hmm. Even though I didn't want it, I didn't want to really open a salon, but I did it because, you know, I felt like I had to, and I had an amazing team and I learned so much through it. Like I can honestly like guide someone on how to hire, how to grow a team, how to have like a great team. Like I had amazing culture in my salon how to work with permits and all that. Like I've gained so much knowledge through it. But when I'm really thinking about what I really want to do, owning a salon is not aligned in it. And just as a backstory, what I really want to do, I'm into the coaching and education space and I have my own podcast and I'm speaking at events. I'm a breathwork facilitator. I'm doing all of these other things that are more in line with who I aspire to be. And I just had to see like, all right, where can I make space? I love this story so much because I think that it's a shining example of like honoring where you're at right now. But there are parts of your story that I really want to dig into that I think would be super helpful for, for me to understand and also for my listeners to understand. So when you opened, and I, I hope you're cool with kind of taking this back a little bit, when you opened your salon, you mentioned that it wasn't necessarily something that you were feeling called to do even upon the opening part of it. So what did that decision process look like? And ultimately, what was it that made you decide to go through with opening the salon, even though you were having you know, mixed feelings about doing so? Okay. So if we go back to when I first opened the salon seven years ago, The reason why I opened a salon is because I was working commission and the salon owner that I was working for at the time, well, the first salon owner I worked at here in Miami, she, I had a horrible experience when I left the salon. I left the salon because of a falling out and I was like, dang, like they withheld my money. They like all the things like no trespassed me onto the salon, all the toxic things. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Crazy. So when I went to another salon, it came to the point where I had a full clientele. I was so busy and I asked the salon owner, I was like, Hey, is there any way that I can hire an assistant or hire a receptionist? Like I will pay for that. I just need help. Like, I feel like I'm drowning in all of these clients. And she was like, no, the only thing that you can do is just work more. And I was like, I'm already maxed out. Like, I I don't want to work more. And I Mm -hmm. see where she was at in her path. And she was working seven days a week. She was like, like so unhealthy. And that's not where I wanted to be. So I was just like, dang, two salons now in the past five years. And I like, I'm not finding the culture that I wanted. So I started searching for other salons, rental opportunities. And there was 
really nothing out there. Like no one wanted to negotiate with me. No one. And I was naive throughout the process. I thought like, hey, like give me 55% commission because I'm not going to take any of your walk-ins. Like I already have a full book. I was trying to negotiate. No one wanted to negotiate. And it was a blessing in disguise. So I ended up opening a salon suite. And personally, I hated it. (laughs) I felt like I was in a modern day jail cell. I... (laughs) I had a window, but it didn't open. And I got in trouble all the time for staging my salon. (laughs) But there was so much bad energy in it. I needed to. So whatever. It wasn't meant for me. So I I decided to, the only way that I was going to have the culture that I wanted, I missed the culture of a salon. I missed the, you know, the interaction with the other stylists. I, I missed having like teammates, like people who I can just, you know, talk shit about or talk shit to in the back room and like ask a formula or like collaborate with. I just want a community. So I opened a rental chair salon and sure, like purely out of like, there's nothing like this. I'm just going to create a salon atmosphere within a rental chair salon. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. And it was great. It was awesome. I did it. <laughs> So basically, you felt like in order to create the culture that you wanted, you needed to open your own space. So it wasn't about the ownership. It was about finding the vibe that was right for you. So yes. I have a follow-up question then, because I know that you've had, and like you discussed in your in your story, initially, you were kind of saying like, you know, there was the, the lease termination, finding a new space and all of these things. At any point along the journey, were you tempted to or or did you even plan to kind of close down the business before you actually did? Like, were there kind of some near like misses almost? Yes. So I didn't mention this, but when I when I had a space, I had a space for five years in the same building. And then the building was actually they were selling the building. So they told all of the salons in the building that they had to go by the end of their lease. So it was like a slap in the face to all of us salon owners where like we had built our business, like decorated, invested a lot of money into this space. And then we were told that we could not renew. So at that point, I came home crying. I was just like, what am I going to do? I have a full staff. I don't want a storefront location because this was like in a building. It was a little more like a little more hidden. And I liked it. I I liked that hidden part of it. And my boyfriend's like, well, are you going to go work for someone? And I was like, I don't know. I I don't like I just was told this information like two seconds ago. I can't think about if I'm going to go work for someone. What am I going to do about like my whole team? Yeah. So. I drove around that day (laughs) with my sister. I like I I called her. I was like, hey are you busy? And she's like, nope. And I was like, all right, we're going salon shopping. She's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And I ended up finding a storefront space in the like close to where my salon was now. And I was just like, I don't have time to think. I just have to do this. So I was told on a Thursday and by that next Monday, I was signing the lease Wow. because I was operating out of scarcity, out of there are 15 other salons that are getting kicked out right now. Mm-hmm. all in my space. They're all going to be looking for a space within here. I need to hold, I need to be a good leader and being a good leader in my eyes is providing security. So I did not want a storefront. I did not want to expand my business. I did not want to leave where I was at. I wanted to 
maintain the business that I had, but also grow my coaching business and also grow the people within my salon. I didn't want to like pivot and move. So when it came down to opening the storefront, there was all these obstacles and all of these things that came with it. And it just made me put on pause everything that I had been working up to do in my coaching business. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't go on vacation. Like I I made a commitment to myself that I'm going to put everything in for the first six months of this business and then see where I'm at. And if it's something that I still don't want to do, I only have a one-year lease. I can always figure it out then. And that's what I did. I I analyzed after six months. I was like, okay, this is not working. I'm still not happy. I'm not fulfilled. That's and- such a huge part of it too, right? Like Because you know, you're having to put on hold something that you are passionate about and something that you did want to grow and so I think that's very self-aware of you to to put that limit on it and to say, like, I'm going to assess where I'm at because, you know, when it's when it's not something that's ultimately your choice in the beginning and you're kind of placed in a position where you're needing to be reactive, I can see how tough that would be. Yeah. Yeah. And like at the end of the day, like I was just doing it for my stylist. I was doing it for my staff. I I love them. And like I'm still like you know, my staff ended up finding their own perfect ways. And I support them through that process. Like, I'm still friends with them. Like, we're all good. One of my stylists went with me to the salon I'm at. My sister, who's my salon manager, she actually is getting better opportunities by doing this. So it ended up being like, I'm still a good leader. I just pivoted to the side so I could move forward. And that's really the main point this is like, you don't have to think of like growing as a linear thing as like, I'm climbing the ladder. It's straight, straight. This is like the path. Yeah. Sometimes you need to pivot to the side in order to go faster. Like think about like when you're on a highway and there's like five lanes in the highway, sometimes Mm -hmm. someone's in the lane that you want to go in and you just need to like cross lanes in order to go faster. Yeah. You're still going in the same path. It's just different. And I think there's so many times in life and in business where we think that because we made a decision. So like maybe there's someone listening who's like, oh, I can relate to that. Like I opened a salon and then I decided, you know, maybe a year in or five years in that that's not what I wanted to do. But I'm still owning the salon because. I didn't think it was an option to make a move in a different direction. So that was the reason I wanted to have this conversation is to shed light on the fact that like you've made this decision and you're okay. Like you're still doing well. You're not taking a step backwards. You are taking a step to the side, which is going to allow you to find more success because then you'll be finding success in a way that feels aligned and feels good to you. And yeah. I think that that's such a big thing too. And it's funny because one of the reasons that I started my podcast to begin with, I don't think I've told you this, is because I feel like for so long, for too long, the success path, and I'm using air quotes here, success path, has been one that is so linear for our industry. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. you work as a commission stylist and then you know you build a clientele. And then if you want to be successful you open a salon and, or you, you know, become a big brand educator, whatever that is. And there are so many nuances and so many different success paths in our industry now. And the main key here is you need to stop caring about what it looks like from the outside. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it would have been really easy for you to think, oh, if I close my salon, people are going to think I fail, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and that, sorry, like, <laughs> that thought definitely came up. Yeah. But then I thought, well, no one can take away everything that I've learned. Yeah. No one can take away, like, the what I've gone through and the lessons I've learned along the way. Mm-hmm. And I can help people through this. So who's to say that I'm not an asset to another salon based on what I know? Who's to say I'm not like, just because you get to a certain point and you look around, you're like, okay, this is not for me. You are never going to be the same person you were before you took that opportunity. Like you're not, you're different. You learn things. So you are always growing. Even if it feels like to society, you're taking a step back. You're not. Because yeah. you have so many lessons that you've learned along the way, and you're probably going to run your business differently, even if you are going back to a position you were in before. Yeah, that's so true. And I think it's also really great that you've now, because you felt called, because there's, I think this comes up a lot for creatives and for people in our industry, because there are a lot of visionaries, right? A lot of us have a lot of big ideas. And the issue that comes up a lot is that of capacity. So like, would you have been able to, and and you've already answered this question. So this is hypothetical, but like, as a salon owner, do you have the capacity to both run your salon at the capacity that you had had to when moving into a storefront and then also be there to coach, lead and guide other, other salon owners? And the answer is no, you were one person, right? Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you just need to make space for what's more aligned. It's it's neither good or bad. You're just creating a different path. And, you know, if you are like I've had a lot of salon owners come up to me and they're like, oh, I just want to own a salon for a passive income. What when when's the passive income? Like, when does that come in? Maybe year 10 when you have all your systems in place and like it's not like I knew that in order to run a successful salon, I needed to nurture it. Even though I had the staff, I needed to rebuild. Like it was like having a second child. Like mm-hmm. you still got to like nurture that, grow it, all of that kind of stuff. So I was just like, this is a lot of energy into this. And yeah. it's, do I want to put my energy there? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that kind of self-awareness is something that's so important to cultivate as a business owner, because there are so many different avenues and a lot of those avenues even would be successful ones. Like you said, It's not that you closed your salon because it wasn't doing well. Your salon was making money. And so I think in cases like that, sometimes it can even be harder because, you know, unless you are really actively fighting against that like scarcity mentality, letting go of a stream of income is a tough decision. It really is. And so I wanted to kind of underscore and highlight that too for my listeners because the decision to step away from something doesn't always have to be because it is failing or not doing yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's like, that's so important to know. Like it, but here's the thing. It's like, okay, the, the way I see it is like this. If you have a clientele full of your lowest ticket item, let's say it's a blow dry, you have a ton of blow dry clients, but what you really want to do is extensions. So your your process in your business is really successful with blow dries. And you have a few clients who are extensions and you know that's really what lights you up. 
how much better is it going to be to let go of those few blow dry clients to make space for those extension clients to come in? At first, it's going to seem really scary. You're going to feel like, dang, I'm like cutting off all my income, but you're going to be way more profitable and like have a better business that's more fulfilled because you made space for those extension clients to come in. Yes, that's so good. So let me ask you, Shelby, if you were speaking to someone who was a, you know, salon owner or they're thinking about opening a salon for the same reason that you did, would you do it again, given the the same opportunity? Like, do you think that at the time it was the right decision for you and then it just evolved to not be? Or would you do anything differently going back? I would not do anything differently going back because ironically, the salon that I'm working at now, when I made the transition, they shifted their whole business model to my business model. So I believe that I had to create this business model to show other people what's possible so it could be in alignment for me to grow. And that's my story. Like, I, I truly believe that I created something that was different. And that was needed, especially in my area. And maybe it's more common now to have rental salons that feel like a commission salon because there's the community aspect. There's the salon aspect. So the clients don't need to know how your stylists are paid. They don't no, need to know that you're not. an independent contractor. They don't need <laughs> to know that you're a commission stylist. Like they don't need to know. So why do we make it so upfront with rental salons that it's like, oh, they're their they're renter. So <laughs> I never made it known like that. Like, yeah. And we all worked as a team. So I don't have any regrets, but my advice to someone is if you feel like you can't find the culture that you want and you're willing to take, like you're you're coming at it where you're like, I want to create something new. I'm really passionate about this. I know I'm ready to step into this role and lead a team and grow something that's, you know, hasn't been around and I really can't find it, at least where I'm at, do it. Yeah. hire a coach to help you with it. So they, yeah. so you don't make all the mistakes that can be made. Like you can do it in a smart way, but yeah. if you're just trying to open a salon because you want passive income, the income margins of salons are like, isn't it like five to like 20%? It's like really small. Oh, I think Critical. honestly, like that is like, once you get into that 20% range, like that's like pretty like you're golden. It's, it can be much lower. I've heard that the average is actually yeah. somewhere in the and, 2% range. Yeah. So, so yeah. <laughs> if you think that you want passive income, maybe yeah. figure out what that passive income really looks like by real numbers and really doing the math. It is fulfilling to grow a team and do all the things. I'm not yeah. saying this, that we need salon owners. We need good Absolutely. salon owners. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, right? It's like the, it's not about like being a salon owner, not being a viable option. It's about it being the right option for you. And like the right reasons is because you do want to create culture or you really do feel called to impact other stylists in that way. Not because you think you need to have the title of salon owner in order to be successful, right? That's what it comes yeah. down to. And I think that's what's so inspiring about your story because for so long, it's been drilled into our industry that the only way to achieve success is to be a salon owner. And that is yeah. the narrative that I wanted to invite you to the show to kind of dispel yeah. because I think there's so much room and capacity to achieve whatever financial success you want in pretty much any area of this industry. 
Yeah. I mean, you can be a very successful commission stylist, a very successful one. Like I know commission stylists who are making over 200K. Mm -hmm. Like, holy crap. That's amazing. And you know what? They don't have to worry about all the things that the salon owner has to worry about. Like, you know, it, it isn't, I used to think like, I used to be naive in this and thinking like, oh, the salon owner is taking half of my money. Well, no, 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 no. Now that I'm a, now that I was a salon owner, I understand they're not taking half your money. That's what it costs to run the business. (laughs) It's so so true. (laughs) Yeah. You can be successful at like at a commission level, at a booth renting level, at a, an education level, like in a coaching level. Like it, there's, yeah. I, I love this industry so much because there's so many different paths and like there, there's no top. There's no like, you're only going to, like we're not bankers where we're only going to make like a certain amount of money and that's yeah. the amount of money that we're going to make. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, we max out at this amount. No, hairstylists, yeah. we're not maxed out. No, no matter what position you're in. It's great. Yeah. That's so true. So can we, can you just walk me through just the decision process that you made and like how you felt it out and how it, you know, the emotional kind of behind the scenes of making the decision and how you felt before pulling the trigger and after in terms of closing the salon? Okay. This is, this is really cool because there, there are so many things and I'm, I'm a cancer moon. So if you know what that means, I'm very emotional. And I had been sitting on this for a couple of weeks where I was like, do I want to renew the salon lease? And it was like hindering over me. And I was like, you know what, what is in alignment with me? Like, wh- where am I in alignment? Am I happy? Eh, yeah. Would I be happy if I let go of the salon? possibly. Would I be happy if I continued on with the salon? Yes, but with great effort. And then I was like, okay, I don't trust my emotions right now because I'm, I'm feeling both ways. So I looked at my numbers and I was like, okay, if I continue on this path, what is it costing me? And now if I went to a salon, what would it cost me there? And is it worth the like, are the numbers aligning? Like, is the income that I'm making right now worth all of the stress that comes with it? Because you can't lie when it comes down to numbers. Numbers are factual. Mm -hmm. So then I turned to my spouse who is, he's very much into personal development. I like, I trust that he has, you know, he's, he's an expander to me. He's the one who is like rooting me on. So I was like, Hey, I'm thinking of not renewing the lease. And he's like, okay, so what are you going to do? I was like, I was thinking of working for this salon. And he's like, have you talked to them? I was like, no. He's like, call them right now. Make a decision. Like call them right now and see what your options are. Don't be sitting on this. Like, so I called them. Her name's Savannah. I called Savannah. And the first thing she said was, oh my God, come work with me. And (laughs) I felt a wave of relief. It was like an instant like wave of like, oh my God, yes. Right. And then I thought about, okay, who am I responsible for? So who are my stylists and how can mm-hmm. I create a plan for them? Mm-hmm. So I talked to Savannah and I was like, hey, are you open to this? I figured out where, like what possibilities I could have. And then I called my assistant first, which is my sister. And I told her, mm-hmm. hey, listen, like this is what's going on. And my sister was like, I am so glad that you're making this decision. Like this mm-hmm. is... She's like, this is a great decision for you. I like, I see yeah. how you don't really like this. Like, I'm so happy for you. Mm-hmm. And then I called my stylist and they were, I, I came to them as a person. I was just like, hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is how it is. And they're like, 
okay, we understand. Like, and I was like, this is like, I talked to Savannah If this is open for you. If not, I'm happy to help you in any way that you want. So I helped my stylist who went to a, a salon suite. I was like, I can help you with this. I can help you with your contract. Like she wasn't yeah. sure if she like all this kind of stuff. I still guided her through it because I right. felt like this was my responsibility. So in the decision process, it's not just you, it's you and the other things. And if you have a plan, then you feel good. You know, don't get me wrong. You don't have to ha like have control over everything. You can have yeah. like room, but I thought about this first. I like I allowed myself to go through the feelings, looked at the numbers, made conversations, figured out what the options were, and then went to work. I love that. And what really sticks out to me is you figured out what you needed to do in order to make this decision on your own terms and make this decision in a way that felt good to you, which I think is really commendable because it's sometimes, you know, whenever something ends, it's really easy to get caught up in the emotions and, you know, shut down. And so I love that you did this in a way that felt good for you and felt good for everyone involved. So what is next for you, Shelby? With this door being closed, it probably is opening up so much possibility. And I would love to hear what you're excited for and what you're lit up about. Okay. So this is really cool. The moment that I signed, I ended up subleasing out my salon, all this kind of stuff. But the moment that I let it all go, I had two new speaking things come up and a one-on-one -on -one client. I oh didn't do anything different. Yes. And I was just like, thank you, universe. Thank you, angels, guides, whatever Like I believe in, whatever you believe in, because I made space for this. And then it came to me. Now, I don't want to tell anyone you're in closure salon and all of a sudden all these opportunities are going to come up. <laughs> I did the work beforehand. Yeah, I had you been planted the seed. Yeah, I planted the seed and I was envisioning who I wanted to be and embodying who I wanted to be. And then I made the space to make it happen. So what's next? I am a keynote speaker for Modern Salon's event here in Miami. Like it is like a dream. It's so cool. And next is coaching, like diving more into coaching and helping other independent stylists feel good, both mentally and physically in and out of the salon. Like that is just okay. something I embody, something that I am so passionate about. Okay. I'm getting another certification in breathwork. I am just basically getting my PhD in breathwork so I can help impact, be like a part of spread the, you know, the joy, the love, all the things that I'm so passionate about. So I'm just expanding my soul, my education, my voice in any way that I can. Oh, I love this. And again, if you haven't already listened to Shelby's episode where you take us through some breath work, it really is magical. So I highly recommend you go listen. I'm going to pop that in the show notes too. And where can my listeners go to connect, follow along on your journey and find out more about you if they haven't already connected with you? Amazing. So I have a podcast is the Healthy Wealthy Stylist podcast. I love showing up on there. So if you want more diving deeper into my soul, <laughs> that is where you can find me. I also hang out a lot on Instagram and that is like, you know, my stories behind the scenes, a little bit of breath work. It's at shelby.betancourt, which I'm sure will be located in the show notes. But please, if you find me on Instagram, send me a DM. Tell me you listened to this. Like, tell me like what success means to you. Where are you going on your path? I want to know because you're not alone. 
Oh, it's so, this is such perfect timing. And I love that you said that because it is really something that's been on my heart and thinking about recently a lot is that like, this is our, you know, this is the one go round that you get, you know, if there's something that you're called to do or, you know, something that really feels like what you need to be chasing, don't let it being hard get in your way because when you're tempted to quit or when you're tempted to give up because you hit a roadblock and you've had a lot of roadblocks in your journey and it would have been probably easier sometimes to just kind of keep going on the same trajectory, right? Shifting and veering and pivoting is hard, but that's what you need to do if you're committed to, you know, making the most of your one and only life. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You only have one life and you could die tomorrow. And I don't want to look back and be like, I was too afraid to make this move to actually be happy. Why not be happy now? Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.